chapter 8 again. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. We started last week on a thought on God's Word for a world's breaking news. You will not pick up a newspaper or listen to a news broadcast very long until you begin to hear about what's called a natural disaster. And 2010 was called the year the earth shook back. As a matter of fact, natural disasters have killed a quarter of a million people in that 12-month period. More people were killed by worldwide what we would call natural disasters in 2010 than were killed in terrorism attacks in the past 40 years all put together. Let's let's look at just four of them. And it's just four of them. August 29th, 2005, Hurricane Katrina slams into the city of New Orleans. It was one of the five deadliest hurricanes to ever be. 1,836 people died. The economic cost, $150 billion, not million, billion dollars. 80% of the city flooded. 2005 was one of the most active seasons in history. January 15th, 2010, an earthquake hit Haiti, 7.0 on the Richter scale, killing 316,000 people, leaving 1.6 million people homeless, destroyed an entire nation practically. March 11th, 2011, called the Great East Japan Earthquake, 9.0 on the Richter scale. It is the most powerful earthquake in 110 years. And it wasn't the earthquake so much that caused the damage. It was a tsunami caused by the earthquake. Waves were 13 stories high when they slammed into the eastern coast of Japan traveling six miles inward or inland. The cost, $300 billion. Not million, billion dollars. The costliest natural disaster in the history of mankind. 24,000 feet of the coast was moved. Now get this, was, was moved... Eight feet, 24,000 feet was moved eight feet inward. April 27th, it's what's called a super tornado outbreak. In one 24-hour period, 188 tornadoes were confirmed. April 25th through the 28th, 300 confirmed tornadoes and 317 fatalities, making it the worst outbreak of Tornadoes in United States history. 2011 is now known as the year of the tornado. June 8th, 1,039 tornadoes have been confirmed, 565 deaths. 
Natural disasters don't just cause physical damage. I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in the earth. But oh my goodness, they cause emotional problems. And sometimes they raise great questions. Questions like, where was God when this happened? I remember when Hugo hit, those that I had talked to on the job, I remember them coming, where's God in all of this? Where's God when this happens? Question number two, why did God let it happen? Why would God let a, a, a hurricane slam into New Orleans? Question three, what kind of God would allow this to happen? One newscaster commenting on Hurricane Katrina said this, if this world is a product of intelligent design, then the designer has some explaining to do. I'd like to say to him, Sir, the designer has no explaining to do to you. Question number four. When are religious people going to quit believing in a God that allows all of that? You say, but preacher, I, I believe in but all, all of us. And if you listen to the newscasters, you, you begin realizing, especially those, we say, why does God allow that to happen? I mean, we, we hear about things like murder and rape and all this kind of stuff, and this is what people do, you know. We can explain that. But earthquakes and tsunamis and tornadoes and hurricanes, people don't have much, don't have much to do with it. I know they say this, you know, global warming and all that. That's hogwash. Oh, Lord... You believe that, dumb? You've been smoking dope out back somewhere. I'm, you know, that's... Uh, God created this thing just exactly the way it needs to be done. And uh, that, that's just something... Oh, I forget now who his name just wouldn't make a lot of money off of. But a lot of times, I wondered... Silas so and newscast. Why does God allow some of this to happen? But tonight, with the help of God, maybe I can give you maybe a different look at it. Here's what I want you to take home with you. Our trust in God is to be based on His promises, not our circumstances. Point number one. A sovereign God created the world perfect. In Genesis 1-4, He said, And God saw the light that it was good. Genesis 1.10, God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.12, and God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.18, God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.21, God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.25, God saw that it was good. Six times we read, that God had no one else to applaud His work, so He applauded Himself and said, It's good. And it was good because it was created perfect. As a matter of fact, there wasn't any room for improvement. 
the world, the streams and the rivers were crystal clear. The air was, was so fresh, you could smell sweetness. The weather was always perfect. The wind, just a gentle breeze. The rain, the soft mist that come up on the... Everything God placed on and created was perfect. Then God not only done that, but God put two perfect people. Adam and Eve were the first perfect couple in history. I mean, they were the only one that had a perfect marriage. You realize? He never had to ask her. And that, he never had to hear her say, I could have married someone else. <laughs> she, she, she never had to hear him say, why can't you cook like your mother? I mean, never. <laughs> she could never accuse. She could never accuse him of running around on her than nobody else. And oh my goodness, there was no caged animals. I mean, dogs didn't bite preachers. Lions played with lambs. Adam and Eve were given dominion over all the animals. The birds of the air and the fish and, and the, the lion played with the... I mean, there was, he was perfect. And, and my goodness, Adam and Eve could call the names of the animals and they would just come to... had dominion over all of them. The world was a paradise. It was literally heaven on earth. So then that asked the, raises the question, what happened well, the practical answer is found in Genesis 3. The theological answer is found in Romans 8. A sovereign God created the perfect world. But don't miss this. Sin corrupted the world completely. When Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying the one command that God gave them, they crossed the line. God warned them. That if they did, everything's going to go haywire and crazy, and it did. But what we failed to understand that day, not only was woman cursed or paid the price, Sarah gives birth to this little girl. The Bible says she'll, she'll literally go to the jaws of death to give birth to that child. All because of sin. God said man would, would earn a living by the sweat of his face because of sin. But then God done something else. God said the earth is going to be cursed. And it'll bring thorns and thistles. The worst thing that could have happened to Adam and Eve was for God to put imperfect people in a perfect world. you know why? Because if imperfect people were in a perfect world, they would have never seen the need for God. Never. Nature is cursed because man is cursed. Natural evil is just a reflection of the moral evil. And nature is not as bad. As a matter of fact, we, we got both. We got rain, but we also get sunshine. Praise God. We have tsunamis, but we also have calm. We have earthquakes, but we have time that the earth is still. So we find that sin corrupted this world. 
We now have what Paul said in verse 21 of 8, because the creature itself also should be delivered from the bondage of the corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. The world is a prisoner of our sin. And the world is held by the chains of death and disease and disasters and decay. And it's literally under a curse. Genesis 3, 17, And Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. Man was bought a piece of property and he's overrun with weeds and I mean he's just a swamp and he's, he's just terrible and he worked and he turned the swamp into a pond and cleared the woods and planted flowers and one day somebody come by and said boy I take Jesus boy God's been good to you he said yeah but he said you should have seen the place when God had it all by himself <laughs> and ever since Adam and Eve fell without the battle with this earth. We have to constantly tend the gardens. How many of you plant flowers? Amen. I know some of you do. I, I guarantee you've got to do some things. Number one, you've got to work them. You've got to pull up the weeds. You've got to constantly contend. We've got to constantly deal with this, with this world because it's being cursed. Now I know this. God is good. Praise God He is. Now I'm going to tell you something. This earth is just as much under a curse and sin has corrupted this earth that we, this place we call the earth that we live on has been corrupted. And um, in Genesis 3, the animal kingdom was corrupted. Now we have what's called the survival of the fittest. You realize before man, before sin come on the scene, that there was never a, a lion or a tiger attacking nothing. No, the animal kingdom wasn't fighting with itself. And now it's the survival of the fittest because the animal world is under a curse. The mineral kingdom is under a curse. Deserts, erosions, wastelands. The vegetable kingdom is under a curse. I don't believe roses were never meant to have thorns. I don't believe God ever created roses to have thorns at all. But roses have thorns as a means of a protection because the earth has been cursed. See, when we begin to realize this, we begin to, to understand that when we open the, the breaking news, and, and many it happens so often. How many of you are like me? And, and, and if you don't like me, that's, uh, don't agree with me, that's okay. I'm, I'm perfectly fine for you to be wrong. Amen. <laughs> but the storms have gotten worse as the years go. The hurricanes, the storms, all the... They just seem to exhale more and greater. And yet, is it not uncanny how the sin has gotten worse and worse and worse? It's almost like a sin scales upward 
the earth and his curse gets worse. If I didn't know that, it's almost like God is trying his dead level best to get this world's attention and say, I'm up here and I don't approve of what you're doing. Can I help some of you? Don't, don't boo me out with this because I don't think this is all of them. But in New Orleans, would you like to know what was the first thing built back and opened? A bar. It might be God didn't approve of Bourbon Street and what is that uh, they do where they go down there and strip off naked. Maybe God just said, I'm sick of that junk. It might be God said, I'm sick of it. So let me just whirl up a tornado out here and, and hopefully you'll get the message. For you see, we need to understand sovereign God created the world perfectly. Sin corrupted the world completely. But I want you to understand a sure God controls the world totally. Hallelujah. The Bible says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Here's what he's saying. This earth is waiting for Jesus to come as much as you and I ought to be waiting for Jesus to come. We look around our world and we see how crazy things are. There ought to be something in the heart of every born-again believer. Oh, gee, could you come today? Jesus, could you come? Could you come today? And we find here that somebody... It's, uh, it's like somebody... Stand out on the horizon and creation is, is saying, Son of God, come down. So we find that this earth, God's in, can I just, can I help you? God's in control of this stuff. Now we, we may disagree, you may, you say, I, that just ain't just. Take it up with Him when you get to heaven. If not, <laughs> then God help you. You can. Go. He sent plagues to Egypt and hail and darkness that drove a nation to its knees. He caused the sun to stand still so that Joshua could win a battle. He sealed the heavens in the time of Elijah that it couldn't rain. He sent storms to ships containing a prophet named Jonah so he could throw him overboard. My goodness. Same God that controls this world's past, controls the world's present, and the world's future. God said, I'm so much in control that one of these days I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth. He said, The desert's going to blossom like a rose again. The lion's going to lay down with the lamb again. And the kids can play with the snakes and not be afraid. God said, I made this world a good creation. And today it's groaning creation. I, I read this and this is, um, it, this is amazing. 19, Japanese researchers in 1999, and they, and they still don't, they can't understand this. But here's what they said. Said the earth is emitting a, a mysterious hum. 
He said, uh, it's, it's uh, 50 musical notes in about 16 octaves below middle C. I, I'm not even sure the terminology. I meant to ask Joy before service. 16 octaves below middle C. I don't even know where that's at or what that is. But, it's, but the earth is emitting a, a, a low hum. And they, and they said it's like the, the endless banging on a trash can. And they said we don't know why it is. We don't know where it's cut. We don't know why it is. But it's almost like this earth is saying, Lord, please come. We're tired of the curse. We're tired of the curse. We live in a world that's corrupted by sin. We live in a world that's cruel in a way that treats the people who live in it. And you say, well, why, why does God allow seemingly innocent people to die at the hands of seemingly random natural disasters? I don't know the answer to that question. I think eternity has a solution for some of that. But I tell you this much, it gives us just a couple, two or three thoughts. Number one, it reminds us how temporal things really are and how fragile life really is. Hurricane Katrina said this. If you listen to the survivors, have you noticed the words? Man, I lost my Plaza TV! No. My SUV's gone! They didn't mention that. No one's running down the street. My cordless, my cell phone's gone. Nobody's doing that. The survivors were saying, have you seen this person? Have you seen this one? They're mourning for those that are lost and rejoicing those that are found. Number two, all of these things are remind us that judgment is coming and that this world is going to end. When it does, when it does, and we need to be ready. Job 2.10, he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did Job not, did not Job sin with his lips? This world's going to end. Judgment's coming, this world. Now, I'm, I'm praise God, I'm saved. Hallelujah. I hope you are. I believe the church is going to be raptured out. I believe we can hear the trumpet tonight before the service is over. But mark it. Mark it. If you're living to make a dollar bill, more money, more toys, more this, more that, you better get a hold of something. One day, it's all going to burn up. And if you're lost, you'll be left behind. That's simple. Third, third, finally. Cross tells us beyond every hurricane, earthquake, tornado, tsunami, that God is a loving God working everything out together for our good and can be trusted no matter what. 1912, a great man-made disaster occurred when the Titanic struck an iceberg. Over 1,500 people lost their lives. As White Star Lines in Liverpool, England, huge, huge, huge board was set up. On one side of the board, it had 
saved. And on the other side, in great big letters, lost. And every day, hundreds of people would come to that board and look down the lane, the names, to see if those that they loved was under the saved side or if they was already recorded under the lost. One of the days, this old ship called Life is going to pull into the, to the, to the shore. And one day, your ship's going to come in. It may be a natural disaster. We never thought a hurricane would hit here, but, but Hugo did. Hugo did. It may be a physical death. It may be, uh, it may be, what I, I love this word, chronological decay. You know what that means? Old age. When it does, the only two words that's going to matter is saved or lost. Tonight, which side would your name be put? Right now, if Jesus come this morning, something so wonderful, a miracle took place, and some of you didn't even know it was happening. Matthew preached in kids' church, and a little boy come up and said, when do we do this getting saved stuff? And Matthew brought the kids in here. And he thought, why are you dealing with him? He took his Bible right over to the little boy and sat down and showed him from the Word of God how he could be saved. And the little boy trusted Jesus as his Savior. He just moved to the saved side. I don't know where our world's headed. I, I can tell you this much. I, I, I don't think if Jesus... Until Jesus comes, I don't think these natural disasters are going to get better. I think it will get worse. But what's important is this. Which side are you going to be on? Which side? And this morning, if you are, you say, well, preacher, I know. I know. I'm on the saved side. Okay? Next question. What are you doing with this great gift? called life that God has given to you. Are you using it up for yourself? Are you using it for more of this earth? I hate to tell you, this earth is going to, God's going to set on fire. I'm headed to a new heaven and a new earth because this one is going to burn up. Which one are you living for? Amen. Let's all stand up, every head bowed. And this tonight,